What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny's 21 Jump Street in Review. That's right. We're ranking, reviewing, and recapping every movie in the 21 Jump Street franchise. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes, and I'm joined by the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Good morning, everybody. Great afternoon. Great evening. Good night. It's Christmas <laughs> in February. Joey Noel. <laughs> Andy took all of the options, so I don't know what to say now. The big dog, Kevin Coelho. Man, it made me really uncomfortable that he was like saying stuff and slowly inching to the right. Leave the frame altogether. <laughs> Producer slash the Good afternoon, everybody. Scarpino. Tim, <laughs> nobody ever asks you this. <laughs> How you doing, Tim? I'm doing I'm doing great. Very excited to talk about this movie. Not as excited as I was to talk about the last movie, but there's still a lot of good stuff here because, of course, like I was saying, this is kind of funny. It's in review. We each every week we get together to rank, review, and recap different movie franchises. Unfortunately, we're coming to an end on 21 Jump Street in review. It wasn't long, but it was fantastic. Uh, next week, we are starting up Planet of the Apes in review. Oh, we're doing man. the Matt Reeves trilogy Incredible. to lead into Matt Reeves, the Batman, that as of recording is 30 days away. Oh, 30 days. That's nuts. That's nuts. So very exciting stuff. So we are going to be watching. Uh, what are they, guys? It's, it's Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Right. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. War, War of the Planet of the of Apes. The All three Apes. directed by Matt Reeves, and then the Batman directed by Matt Reeves is coming up there. Uh, but of course, that will be part of Batman in Revenge the of the Planet of the Apes. We're gonna be doing some <laughs> jumping around everywhere, but I'm excited. I have never seen any of those movies, so we're sure to be in for it. That's gonna be a visual sonic experience for you, Tim. I'm stoked yeah. for you, man. I'm yeah. real real stoked on that. Uh, but like I was saying, you can get the show youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com. You can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny in review. And you'll be able to get all of these and all the other franchises we've done. If there's a movie franchise you love, chances are we've talked about some of its movies once, maybe twice, maybe three times. We've never done a movie three times yet, but I fucking guarantee we will at some point. <laughs> Spider-Man's uh, got to come back. We yeah, Spider-Man's Spider coming times. back. That it's was too much fun to do. Deep. Uh, but if you have dollars you want to throw our way, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to get the show ad free, watch live as we record it. And you could be a Patreon producer, just like Gordon McGuire, Molecule, at James Davis Makes, and Pranksy have all done. Thank you so much. We appreciate you from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, today we're brought to you by DoorDash, but I'll get to that later because I want to get right into it. 22 Jump Street. With a runtime of one hour and 52 minutes, it was released on June 13th. 2014 two years after the first movie once again directed by phil lord and christopher miller uh written though by a different team for the most part so jonah hill wrote the story for this one but not the screenplay the screenplay was uh done by the other dude that uh also worked on the first movie in addition to a couple other people and another key thing is not only did it lose jonah hill as a screenplay writer it also lost uh philip lord and christopher miller doing revisions to the script mm -hmm. that they did uh heavily for the first movie because they were too busy working on the lego movie so they couldn't work on this as well uh but they did write the credit sequence 
for this movie. And you can tell that. Yeah, just, so that's one of the most the standout moments in this whole in this whole movie. Yeah, the way you know if you watch this movie or not a decade later is, do you remember the credit sequence? Because that is the one standout scene <laughs> where it's like, it's unforgettable. You either saw it or you, you didn't watch this movie, you know? <laughs> it's, it's funny because you guys teased it last week. And I did see this in theaters. And I thought it was, you know, it's ultimately we'll get into the, the, the pros and cons of it. But that I totally forgot about the end credit sequence. The, the sequences that I looked forward to largely was anytime Jillian Bell was on screen and <laughs> that sequence where she, where they're fighting. <laughs> it's a gold one. It's a gold. gold. It's yeah. gold. That is the one that I, I mean, I just Tim, I, I know you're right. You're definitely right. But I just couldn't get past that part in my brain. I was like, oh, that yeah. is the part I'm looking forward to most when I rewatch this movie. Yep. And it lived up to it. Uh, music once again by Mark Allen, Mother's Bow. So that's really cool. I will say not as impressed by the, the use of the score in this one compared to the last. The last one I thought had so many moments that hit hard with the score. This one, I think, flexed its versatility a little bit more. Less highs, but a little bit more consistent like goodness throughout. Uh, it had a budget of $84 million. Which, yes, in fact, is double the 42 million of the first movie. <laughs> That's incredible. So that is very fun, very meta. Uh, and a box office of 331 million, way over the 201 wow. million of the first movie. So, hey, they did it, y'all. Um, so, without further ado, let's get right into it. Kev, I want to start with you, you being the only person that has not seen this movie before. Uh, I enjoyed it. Like you're right, the highs aren't as high, but um, also I I don't like that. Like they just flipped it. And it's like, oh, now uh, Channing Tatum is like the cool one that's fitting in here. Um, but I mean, other than that, I, I, it was very funny. I think that uh, the the joke where he's banging the the dude's daughter, like it it gets me. Like I don't think that it should get me as good as it it did, but like. I enjoyed it so much. And it's one of these things, again, I don't know that it deserves to get me as hard as it got me, but I was how just... Hard the, how hard do the text messages get What's up? <laughs> Doug, Doug, I'm going to kill you. you. Doug. Doug. <laughs> Why does my dad have your phone number? Uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, just uh, the, also the the... I didn't like the... I mean, I liked the, the villain reveal but uh, there was just something weak about the her dad that didn't do it and then she was so over the top that it totally worked for me but the the dad it just i i feel like they could have done more with that and like he was just so over the top in the same way but it just didn't work for him and, and that's i think that's that's more of like the who the actors are right where the over the top for the dad seemed just kind of stupid but like the daughter was just perfect in that role so good. Really enjoyed her. Andy Cortez. Um, the, this movie's definitely not, not as good as, as 21 Jump Street. Um, and I I found myself thinking, like, you t giving us the facts that Phil Lord and Chris Miller weren't or didn't do any revisions to the screenplay that they just kind of, you know, directed, obviously. Uh, it really shocked me because so much of the humor reminded me so much of the Lego and the Batman Lego movie as well, where they there was like a stretch for at least five minutes where it was nothing but meta jokes about their situation, about their movie, about there's 23 Jump Street. 
And oh, look, he's standing. Look where he's standing. Uh, it looks like a cube of ice. Like there was just so many. I think I watched the extended edition, honestly, because I, so, I don't so remember. Real quick, Andy, to cut you off there, because uh, you brought up the cube of ice joke. There were a lot of rewrites that had to happen after um, rounds of shooting where screenings weren't playing. And the joke for Cube of Ice was deeper and like there was like levels to it. And they were just like, oh, no one's laughing. No one's getting the joke. So they had to dumb it down to get to the point that like, okay, people get what they're even trying to reference here. Because originally it was like a block of frozen water. And just little oh. things that made it more clever and a little more thought than being on the nose. But it just wasn't playing. Not to excuse it, but it's just like that is a little bit of an interesting kind of insight into to why it kind of felt that way. Because I'm right there with you. Yeah, like I, I I legitimately think that I I felt like I watched the extended edition, even though there may not be one. Because I just felt like there was... <laughs> I feel like I enjoyed this movie less than I did the first time around, and I was laughing a bit less than I remembered. I remember this movie being a lot better than I actually thought it was this time around. Uh, but I still found it enjoyable. I, I, There was just like a lot of meta jokes that just kept on going. I was like, man, this really reminds me of hearing uh, Lego Batman talk about his relationship with Joker. And just like there's a lot of like parallels there between the humor. Uh, that all kind of reminded me of the the tone that those movies take. Um, but my God, the 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 scene in the bedroom with the are, are we about to kiss this that <laughs> sequence, and then the sequence of grab the grenade in my pants and like why are you why is it hard <laughs> like it's just like all really of that, that that sequence i'm fucking just dying of dying. laughter dude like it dying. the highs are still there for me uh this movie just was a lot less consistent throughout it was just so superfluous <laughs> like this movie yeah. was just like it didn't need to happen i'm glad it did but my gosh like the, it, so much of it just felt like let's kind of phone it in as best as possible. And even though they nailed a lot of it, I feel like a lot of it was still uh, just missing and lacking compared to 21 Jump Street. I want to jump in with my thoughts right after this because I think they kind of complement yours pretty well, where I'm I'm very much in the, in, in the same... I don't even want to say the same pool as you. I'm in the same hot tub as you. We're, we're that ooh, close, Andy. Ooh, like, wow. We're within five feet of each other. Because uh, I, I, I don't think that they phoned it in. I think they really, really, really tried. I just think that it didn't quite reach the heights of what they were attempting. And I don't think that it was too ambitious. I think that anytime this movie got close to brilliance, which I think it did often, it always kind of got caught being a little too aware of what it was and just understanding that you are a sequel to a reboot type thing and making jokes about that isn't enough. You also then need to get out of just being another sequel. And I ultimately don't think it did that. I'm with you in the sense that watching this uh, for now, the second time ever, I did enjoy it less than I did the first time. And, th and that sucks because the, the last movie I was glowing on the, or last week I was glowing on the first one. Uh, and I think in context next to that movie, it this one, I, I feel like I have a lot more negative things to say. And that's unfortunate because it's a really fucking funny movie. And I think that the rom-com stuff that they set up in addition to <laughs> all the sequel meta stuff, and they set it up pretty early about like what this movie's going to be. Mm -hmm. And it is very much using the metaphors of their partnership to, to actually be like a semi-romantic thing, a rom-com type uh, movie situation and set up for like how 
what what does the rom-com reboot look like and that this kind of answered that question i think that that's a really funny premise um and the supporting cast continues to just absolutely kill like ice cube was great giving him a little bit more of an expanded role pushed on moments of like maybe don't let him improv as much as he mm-hmm. is but mm-hmm. i think overall uh him being on screen as much as he was was necessary to hit the highs of the reveal of him being the dad and i think that definitely is one of the the high points of the the film overall uh i just think that a lot of the rest of the supporting cast wasn't as great as dave franco and as brie larson uh, like we saw in the first one and that sucks because i do think that uh why riot was why am i saying that russell. Why Wyatt russell russell uh was great and i didn't i didn't know it was him <laughs> like the first time i watched it and yeah, now i'm yeah. like oh, holy shit it's john walker uh and and jimmy tatro i kind of wanted more from them and yeah. i think they had moments that were great i think the red herring tattoo all that stuff very well done but i just i, I couldn't help but compare it to the cat the subcast from the last uh movie and mm-hmm. and it's just like oh this is so good but like it's not perfect nick what do you think yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you guys. Like, I think this movie's missing a, a level of polish that the first one had that, unfortunately, this didn't. And it could have used maybe one more rewrite of the draft and or, or, or rewrite of the script and then just a couple more takes of some of the uh, the improv there. Um, I think it suffers from, like, I, I'm torn because I don't know necessarily if it suffers from the fact that at this point, Jonah Hill and T- Chang Tatum became, like, pretty, they were pretty big stars because they were pretty big when the first one happened, too. But you definitely get a sense that they're sort of, like, they're they're phoning it in maybe 10% of the time, which is just enough to kind of take this down a notch, unfortunately. Um, but I do like all the meta commentary. I'll agree with you guys that it's a little too much at times. And they, they lean so far into it that you're like, all right, enough is enough. But we get we get some really, really fun moments here. And I actually enjoyed watching it more than the first time. The first time I remember being disappointed because it wasn't as good as the, as, as, uh, the first movie. But coming out of knowing, seeing sort of Wyatt Russell and Jimmy Tatro be bigger stars and like, I know who they are now. It's fun to rewatch that movie. Like, oh, shit, these guys like, OK, that's the guy that may or may not have done the dicks. And and this is uh, the guy that is uh, <laughs> the anti-Captain America. Like, it's pretty cool to see those guys kind of in some of their starting roles. And I will say the movie maybe didn't have as many laughs per minute as the first one. And it might not be as tight, but the laughs that are there got me. And I enjoyed watching this through and through toward the all the way through to the end. I was like, this is actually kind of a fun rewatch and it's cool to be a little more critical of it, but it was enjoyable. Joy Noel. I was like really disappointed (laughs) by rewatching this. I remembered it being way funnier than I felt that it was. Um, Yeah, I was like pretty bummed. I feel like I didn't, I feel like I had to get all the way through the like open mic scene with Jonah Hill before I was like, laughing at a level that I feel like I hit so much earlier in 21 mm-hmm. Jump Street. And I was like pretty bummed by it. I think, uh, yeah, the roommate is like the high point for me of just like she, they use her the perfect amount because I think if they would have put her in anymore, it would have been like, oh, not I just, again. I love every scene that it it ends, the scene ends, and then it cuts to the opposite side of the room and she's just there. She's just been <laughs> yeah. in the room the whole time. <laughs> The so hardest I laughed at the or like up until the end, which I think is really like funny, is when uh, she meets them after he stays over in the room. <laughs> She's yeah. just roasting him. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that was the first time where I got to the movie. Where I was like, OK, this feels like 21 Jump Street. Yeah. Um, but I was pretty bummed and I couldn't tell if that was because I had just spent like two hours laughing at Jackass that like 
in comparison, it was like Maybe. very not funny. Um, but I was like pretty bummed. I think, yeah, Jimmy Tatro and Wyatt Russell, I think their characters are like, it, it was a bummer for me, at least with Jimmy Tatro, because I like his other stuff so much. So then to see this, I was like, oh, I had way higher expectations when I saw him of what was going to be happening than what actually did. Um, and then Wyatt Russell for me as a character, I thought was like, didn't amp up Channing Tatum the way that I like was expecting him to I, i'm right there um, with so you over. joe when it comes to tatro like i see him on screen i go yeah oh fuck yes! i forgot he was in this movie this is gonna be great and then i was just kind of like let down by most of what he did uh, and i think a lot of it was just what they had him do wasn't yeah totally. necessarily enough or maybe directed well or written well you know yeah and I, it's probably unfair to hold him to the level of the other stuff that he's done yeah um but that's just like where my brain goes and ha- like what i associate him with um, so yeah, I remember liking this way more the first time that I saw it than on rewatch, but I didn't have a bad time. I was just like mostly kind of sad. <laughs> I, I would say I had a really good time watching it and I, I am with you with just how disappointing it was. Like it was funny the whole time through. Like I, I, I want more of this for sure. I just like compared to the first, I just feel like it, it kind of just didn't achieve the magic that the first mm-hmm. did in terms of everything kind of all working together to enhance all the other aspects of it but what i did realize about watching now the two of these is this kind of represents a more modern and at this point we're talking about 10 years ago but a more modern take on satirical parody films like the scary movies and things of the 90s where this was kind of more like it it, it's a parody with the meta-ness and of the culture of hollywood and all that stuff and I, i think that i want to give them a lot of credit for for what they did with this, even where there's like dumb jokes that kind of just build in the background that don't mean anything, but it's like, it's for the people that are looking for a field goal like, post all, that, that, that whole thing, or even just like all the football stuff. Like the fact that their, their team name is like the metropolitan city statesman. Like it's the most like <laughs> nothing fucking names ever. And like, yeah. when they do the whole football, uh, I don't even know what's called the hut, hut, hut shit where they're calling out stuff. And they're just like colors, colors, a number number. It's like, it's such background noise that if you weren't paying attention or watching with subtitles on, you probably wouldn't even really realize is not real shit because it's mm-hmm. just like they know what they're doing. They're the saying it doesn't fucking well. matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All everything the announcers say. There's the chase scene towards the end that's like ratcheting up the budget and all that stuff. Like I thought that that was very funny. Didn't fully like it. Never made me laugh out loud the way that the chase scene in the first one did. Uh, but there's the scene where they drive by the audio visual uh museum or whatever the hell it is and it's the benny hill museum and it's the benny hill theme song playing and the cars are going back and forth it's like and that lasts two seconds you either get it and see it or you don't Mm -hmm. and it's like i appreciate how many layers they throw in here of like this is the scary movie of just hollywood right in general and i i think that they did a good job with that of this being a sequel but at the end of the day scary movie two is now scary movie one andy cortez and all those jokes that you just mentioned with state color number state color like all of those things are just exactly types the type of dialogue that i would expect to hear from the lego movie and the lego batman yeah. movie yeah and they yeah. were like they're so spot on and it's like here's the script that we're writing we're te- we'll tell it to you right now and then the uh, the and the football announcers are talking about whatever the hell just being really breaking the fourth wall with what yeah. they're doing on screen and that's the exact type of humor which is why i'm really shocked that uh lord and miller didn't rewrite any of this it just seems like extremely their sort of shit well i think there was also something accessible about the first one that this one that 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 kind of humor when pushed too far makes the second one inaccessible 
And that's it, it, there's a real thin line, a real fine line between like breaking the fourth wall and parody. And I feel like at, at this one is a parody movie, whereas 21 Jump Street had moments of it. But for the most, most part, it was kind of grounded until the end there where they start blowing stuff up and like and all that stuff. But it wasn't as outlandish and, and ridiculous. It didn't end with them hanging off the chopper with someone, you know, all the tropes that they're kind of trying to make a commentary on or not. And I think that that was that that in and of itself was what they were trying to make as a meta commentary for sequels, where it's like, hey, every sequel takes it up a notch and ruins the movie. But unfortunately, they actually kind of ruined the movie by doing that um, a little bit for me, even though I do think that it was again, there are some really, 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 really funny laugh out loud moments in it. Yeah, I, I mean, the intro with Bad Boys, too. <laughs> like, no, no, Andy. <laughs> Every reference to Bad Boys, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's there's, like, oh there's like five or six references that aren't even that. Like, even the fact that they cast the bad guy from Bad Boys 2 as Ghost in this is hilarious. The, the side by side, the arms to arm thing, which I'm trying to get Tim to do with me every time we hang out. <laughs> hilarious. Dude, and also, shout out to Braga, the bad guy from Fast and Furious. Oh, my God. Was oh Braga my God. Braga's one of the guys, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's incredible. That's funny. I didn't realize that. Yeah, there's so many references to Bad Boys 2 in this that I'm like, how can I not like this movie? Come on, get out of your seats. Joey, yeah. you're about to say them? Mm -hmm. Going back to like the meta commentary thing, I, and maybe this is just me, I don't, I'm not watching 21, 22 Jump Street because of like the meta commentary, the way that I would watch even Scream, because I've never seen Scary Movie, of right. like, you know, kind of what they're going for. So I think it's, interesting that they doubled down on that aspect aspect of the movie versus like the buddy cop aspect which is like what i feel like draws most people in Agreed. yeah maybe so i don't know maybe i don't know if that's if there is just like a disconnect between like what they thought this no. movie was and what the audience is expecting because uh, well, I, yeah. I, think, I don't know if it maybe it's just going too far with it where it just went I, I do think it was to a detriment to the movie though i agree yeah, with totally. Nick. like it went a little too far and it kind of hurt my overall enjoyment of it but i walked away from it feeling overall pretty positive because i think it just ends really strong not only with the credit <laughs> yeah. sequence but the, I mean, the the laugh i got with the the that's still my dick yeah that's my dick too like all of that stuff just had me fucking laughing really really hard and i ended up with a, a really positive experience at the end of it the cape lanchette line fucking it, it made <laughs> i had to pause the movie because i was laughing so hard like this movie it definitely has the the jokes and stuff yeah. but joey real quick like uh I, i'm right there with you in the sense of what the the movie was trying to do and i just think that uh both these movies go for two different things at the same time the first movie went for making a joke about rebooting things that didn't need to be rebooted in the first place 21 jump street no one needed that no one was asked literally no one asked for that and they're like we're gonna make it funny though we're gonna take this cop drama show and make it a buddy cop thing but then also it's going to be this kind of meta look at, at stuff i think with this one what they had to do was it's a meta look at sequels to shit and they yeah. did that in one direction and then the other side was instead of buddy cop they had to lean more into the rom-com thing yeah, yeah. and I, I think that it that worked but i think that this movie needed a third it needed more buddy cop to balance everything out to not just kind of feel like all right like the, the thing we loved most about it was yeah. their buddy copness not necessarily their rom-comness although that is very fucking funny yes yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead Joe. oh i was gonna say i think when the rom-comness of um of their relationship in the first one is like 10 percent, mm -hmm. and then it's 90 percent buddy cop i think they flipped it and it just yeah. yep. wasn't balanced enough yeah what i'll what i'll say and this is a point that i'll disagree with, with kevin from earlier is i like that they they found they were like hey we're gonna make 
that dynamic. We're going to flip it from the first one and we're going to have Channing Tatum be the cool guy again and then have to have him make that choice to come back to the relationship because he's already been there, done that, and he realizes that's that's empty. I thought that was a cool place for the character to sort of like to play around with. And I didn't mind the rom-comness so much. Um, it's just like everything else in these movies. And again, another meditative commentary on the sequels. The rom-comness could have been 30%. It was 90%. Right, yeah. all, all of the all of the asides and all of the hey, God, look what we're doing could have been do- toned down just a little bit. And again, that's that layer of polish where you go, let's throw everything into this thing, and then the, let's start to sculpt it a little bit more back, and maybe a little bit more editing, and maybe a, a couple more takes that were more straightforward. There's so many lines in the very first one that Channing Tatum just kind of says underneath his breath that got a laugh out of me. The one that always stands out is where is where the principal is like, it's time to pay the piper, and he goes. Who do I have to pay? <laughs> and it's just him. He's not even trying to be funny necessarily. He's just saying the line that was written. And it's yeah. because he's so silly and, and, and goddamn likable that you laugh at Channing Tatum. He's just a charming guy. In this one, it's like, hey, we made a lot of money and we're rich and famous now. And now we're going to make you laugh. And it's not as they're not working as hard for it. And they're not being as as subtle with it. And it just it loses a little something in the translation. But even with th- that, think- like with the added budget, okay, we'll get to one second mm-hmm. real quick. The the added budget stuff, like I think uh, th- with added budget comes great responsibility, right? <laughs> like you need to make good use of it and not just kind of point it out and joke about it. And I think that that's really evident very early on in the movie where the first movie had the best chase scene of all time where they're in the student driver car like that there's comedy ensues from all of this and then they had the one two three four punch joke of the is it going to explode is it going to explode all that stuff right like everything about that scene made sense within the context of the movie was so funny and like was was thrilling there was a plot we cared about characters were invested in and jokes that are making us laugh throughout this movie opens and there are funny things happening every once in a while like the animals the exotic things him doing the my name's jeff like there's a lot of there's a lot to laugh at for sure but then when they ratchet it up to like okay but what's the joke here like what's the action joke and they get into the chase scene and they're on top of the trucks and all that stuff some funny things were happening but the student driver bit of this was them being attached by a string right that they're yeah. not string but like the whatever the, the hell that was net, the, whatever it the was net yeah. thing that premise is so fucking funny and should have resulted in us laughing out loud. But instead it results in a Jonah Hill looking, being like, Oh no. And then getting hit in the head. And it kind of turns into a, like a fucking it's like a Looney cartoon Tunes. Looney Tunes yeah. thing. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, I, I wanted you to be better than that. That's the, that should have been draft one of what that joke was. I right? laughed like, so hard at it, though. Forth, really? Oh, that, that, I laughed I, so hard at it because of how it was animated. <laughs> like, they looked so stupid swinging around. And I, like, that got, like, I'm right with you, Tim. Everything you're saying is right. And I still laughed because it just <laughs> looks so stupid. And, like, the thought of them just swinging around, it was just animated in such a goofy-ass way. I just wanted to laugh harder. I wanted yeah. to laugh to the point where I'm like, this is brilliant. And instead it was like, oh, I saw that you were on the way to brilliance. You yeah. know? And yeah. that's yeah. that like, gotcha. Okay. Oh, I, I was just going to say, I, I think my big issue is that it very much treads on, on you know, waters that we've over, like, we're overly familiar with. And I kind of wish instead of them exploring the reverse issue of, of like, oh, you know, he's going he's gonna to go be with that group of friends. I wish they had done something with with their relationship that was that was different but i guess that's a tricky situation to be put in where like what do you do like they've already been befriend like you know they're 
they've already become friends in the last movie. Right. It, it just sucks that, like, once again, they get in a position where, like, oh, he's going this way, the other one's going that way. Mm-hmm. But So we've already seen that. That it just... I wish they had done something different because their dynamic is the core of the movie, right? Like right. that's what makes it so enjoyable. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you, Kevin. Um, and just like with the Tim thing, I, I still laughed a lot though when he just keeps getting ignored at the parties. <laughs> like he just keeps trying to butt in, and nobody pays attention to him. God. And like it's little things like that. It's it's uh, Nick mentioned like there weren't a whole lot of quiet lines. And while I while I agree with that, once again, I still got a really good chuckle out of when they are in the spring break party. And he's like, well, you're, people are fucking eating here. <laughs> like <laughs> there's so many there are so many moments of brilliance that it's close to being an incredible movie and it falls short just barely. And that that bums me out because I think that they had something great here and they could have done kind of the impossible and made a really incredible sequel to a really great first movie and that we're so used to the sequel always falling off and they could have done it and it just they were they were short a little bit we all know that the only good sequel out there is major league two nick we all know that tammy you gonna do it oh i'm just gonna segue (laughs) real quick i I thought you might have so i i I'm a little thrown off here because right there I thought that Andy was going to bring up Lord of the Rings and he didn't. So I was ready to hear what Lord of the Rings name you're going to drop and then I was going to cut to ads, but <laughs> then you threw me off with Major League too. I was not again, expecting that either. Let me tell you about our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. If you've been listening to any kind of funny podcast, you know that we absolutely love using DoorDash. It's so great. It's so simple to just be able to order whatever food we want and then have it delivered right to our house along with the restaurants you love. You can now get groceries and other essential items delivered with DoorDash. You can get some drinks, snacks, and other household items in under an hour. Uh, With over 300,000 partners, you can support your neighborhood go-tos. We always talk about Volcano Curry in San Francisco, of course. Uh, Ordering is easy and your items will be left outside your door when you choose contactless delivery drop off whether it is the local favorites or the nationwide chains like things like popeyes cheesecake factory all of that for a limited time y'all can get 25 percent off and zero delivery fees on your first order of 15 dollars or more when you download the doordash app and enter code kinda funny that's 25 percent off up to a 10 dollar value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the doordash app in the app store and enter code kinda funny don't forget that's code kinda funny for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. And, okay, yeah, wow, Major League Two, Nick, what do you have to say? I mean, Andy's not wrong, but I would also, there's there's a lot of other sequels out there, but Major League Two, again, suffers from the same problem as the sequels, right? They get a little too big for their britches there, and they, like, uh, some of this, some of the silliness of where they have to push the characters, because the, the problem is, to, to use the Major League, major league analogy, it's almost a perfect movie. MLA. And all of the all of the mm-hmm. uh, the character arcs and all of where where the characters start in the end, like everyone has their own little arc and everyone it it resolves so nicely. Where do you take those characters in the sequel? And that's always the bane of the problem with the sequel is like, what can you do that we didn't knock out of the park in the first one? And I'm not saying Twenty One Jump Street's a, a perfect comedy; it's not it perfect by any stretch of imagination, <laughs> but it's damn near close. There's a lot of lines in that. To Andy brought up that line of of uh, where she's he's like, you, you guys, people are eating in here. That was the closest joke, I think, in this movie that we could get to a 21 Jump Street joke, right? And I always talk about my favorite line from that movie is when he's like, you got a pound of cocaine. He's like, we're trying to show these kids a good time, not fuck up their lives. That is such a great, (laughs) 
it's not even a joke. It's just a statement that's true, but it's so funny in context. And when they when the two old guys walked in, who have clear are clearly either never got to engage in spring break or over spring break, and they you see how packed that is and how hot it is. My first thought is, oh, someone's eating in there. And then he says, you guys going to eat here? <laughs> it's so funny. It needed a little bit more of that, and a little more subtlety goes a long way for these things. But are you ready for the plot, Tim? Let's plot it up, man. And I don't have a song. Just go for it. There aren't really a whole lot of songs in this movie oh, that like have that icon- iconic sort of vibe, you know? Andy Which Hero, is weird because it was an, an iconic like time period that I feel like they could have pulled a lot of. There's a lot of Wiz Khalifa. Songs. Exactly. Previously on 21 Jump Street. Oh! <laughs> Good job, Nick. Good job, Nick. Good job. <laughs> The recap of Nick the first it. movie. It's Nick so <laughs> what a great. By the way, there's like one scene in this recap that they put in there that wasn't in the other I'm movie with the so lobsters. <laughs> They fucking get it, man. <laughs> I was like, wait, I don't remember that lobster scene being the first one. And then they get back to this, and he's like, oh, he's going to bite your face. And White Russell just grabs it and throws it. And he's like, wait, wait, can we just go work it, out? It really it reminds me of, of me. at one point we were concepting doing a best of KFAF 2019 episode. Mm-hmm. And it was all just going to be clips of stuff that never, ever never appeared in any show. That's such a, that's <laughs> such a you should have done that. I understand why we didn't, because it would have been too hard. But it's one of those things. If we were, if we were better, we would have at the end of every KFF recorded a little skit with the set there. We would have been at the zoo. We would have been at this and that. If we would have been like, what the fuck? We never saw any of this. It's not too late. I still think we can do that. And then we can still do whatever we want. Uh, Then we catch up with Janko and Schmidt. We get uh, they're looking at internet videos. Apparently, their job now is to scan an internet channel uh, for mischievous activities and the guy very very clearly says the drop will happen at metro port tonight or whatever whatever uh and then they just they break out two gold 1911 handguns together and they go back to back like bad boys and i'm like i don't care what happens for the rest of this movie this the color grading all of it on the yeah, roof the sweeping so shots it's so, so but it even just started like we ended the last movie with Ice Cube being like, you're going to college. We start this movie with the previously on. You're going to college. And then immediately, man, I didn't know we were going to online college. Like, yeah, online that college. is it's very funny. funny. Was, yeah. But then getting them ending up going to college, like everything about that I thought was really good. Uh, they head to the port and they find the ghost, who is the crazy Russian guy from Bad Boys 2. Also, the crazy Russian cosmonaut from Armageddon. Uh, not to be confused with Armageddon, Andy's favorite reference to an obscure line from Miss Congeniality, starring Sandy Bullock. <laughs> I don't know if I've Sandy. ever seen that movie. <laughs> that so oh, it's so good. It's really good, Andy. You should watch it. Uh, Schmidt dresses up in, uh, well, I'll just say a slightly racist gangbanger costume and pretends to be Mexican, and Channing Tatum <laughs> yeah. can't do the accident. Hey, my name is Jeff. And it's, like, my name is if this, If this movie, like last movie, there was some problematic things. I don't know why this movie decided to, like, be like, you know what? We're just, Let's double down on problematic shit. Like, I feel like there's a lot yeah. more shit in this movie that made me go, mm, yeah. there's I don't a lot of stuff talk about this. Quite, quite a few references to, like, what's fun in college that I don't think is necessarily acceptable anymore, but we'll get to those in all in due time. But uh, I, I love the, I love the comedic sort of um, bit of, 
I'm really bad at improv. Don't make me do improv. And then asking him to recall a really descriptive story with lots of detail. Like, it's just the idea of that situation being a thing and imagining Channing Tatum as a character who is bad. At, it's just that's that's the stuff I love. I, I really enjoy that part of it. I was reading an uh, interview with Channing Tatum uh, about this whole movie and stuff. And that scene was written because Channing Tatum hated doing improv in the first movie at all and they kept putting him in situations he's like i can't do this guy like this is not what to do and they were all like yes you can you do it all the time and it's the funniest shit and that's what like he's like they're like guess what why when we watch the movies is it always the lines that you improv that make it in like you're good at this he's like no don't put that pressure on me so that's awesome it's hilarious my, my, my favorite moments in cinematic history are between him and Leonardo DiCaprio the Wolf of Wall Street and you can tell some of it was improv and it's just so perfect um, they have a, a reference to a guy that looks like Wolverine they call him the Mexican Wolverine what a head of just, hair on that dude yeah. Holy yeah. Head of hair this guy's got. strong density um, incredible hairline that's a, we gotta volume. we gotta come we'll do a show within a show a podcast within a podcast about hairlines uh, pretty nice. soon yeah, that's really good one right there. That's perfect. We should absolutely. Do you want to start it off right now, Andy? What's it called? Ooh, oh, man. <laughs> Wait, how about this? How about this? Straight or sideways hairlines. That was bad. <laughs> no, right. that, was, uh, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. That wasn't it. We'll sideways. I will say, I, the one thing I don't love about this joke or the Wolverine joke is they clearly styled this guy's hair to look like Wolverine. And this is the first of like really on the nose jokes that we start getting where I'm like, your first thought is, Oh, why is this guy dressing? Like, like, why does he style his hair to look like Wolverine? And then they say the joke and you're like, Oh, it's for the joke. I get that. Whatever. I am uh, shocked. Nick during my notes, writing down for movies when I'm watching them, I always mm-hmm. have my Nick's going to laugh at this moments. And that was definitely one I wrote down. Nick's going to laugh at the Mexican Wolverine. He for sure hey. laughed. Maybe we didn't oh. get much character growth in this movie, but we're getting it on this podcast. We are. <laughs> I, I distinctly remember laughing my ass off the first time I saw this movie, but I there remember. We the go. Line, I remember the line coming, and I was like, "Ah, it's gonna, it's not gonna hit," and it didn't hit for me, unfortunately. I'm, I'm in the early, I'm in the early pre-pro phases of figuring out this hairline theme song, mm-hmm. um, and I googled the 2001 seminal 2001 film starring Lance Bass and Joey Fatoni called "On the Line." Okay. Oh, yeah. um, Perfect. And so Love I'm going to do some research, watch that movie, figure out if there's any songs out there that are indicative of what On the Line is. Yeah. Everybody knows that movie. Um, yeah. So I'm going to watch that and I'll come back with a theme song and it'll likely be On the Line is, themed. Maybe I get Joey Fatoni to do a cameo for me. Who knows? That would be incredible. I'm going to throw this out there also. The term borderline. Oh, okay. Really good oh. too. Isn't there a video game that is about in my Spec Ops The Line? <laughs> No, isn't the Hardline? <laughs> Battlefield Hardline. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. They're cops, yeah, right? Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Uh, Tetris thing. has lines that drop. You're out of line right now. Oh. <laughs> um, let's see. Back, uh, they, they go onto the truck and they think that they are uh, buying drugs, but in fact, they're buying black market exotic animals. Uh, their cover is blown. One of the like octopus uh, inks in chain, in uh, Schmidt's mouth, and he goes, "Oh my god, it inked in me," which in and of itself is not that funny of a line. But just put that one in your pocket, Andy, because that comes back and gets the funniest laugh, the biggest laugh out of anything in this movie for me in the post-credit sequence. 
It's hilarious. Um, I want to I want to stop it right there. The white parrot broke free of its guideline at six forty one six minutes and forty one seconds and actually attacked Jonah Hill. Quote: <laughs> That was not acting, says Chatting Tatum. I don't like birds. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Nor should you. Nor should you. Uh, when do you think Kevin's going to get a bird? Soon, oh. right? We're, we're Would you put there. it past Kevin to have a falcon just right over his right shoulder? When we were little. Kevin, I know you can hear me right now. I saw you coming. <laughs> my mom bought two finches. Finches are the, 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 the Pomeranians of birds. They're just like the tiniest little nothings. <laughs> and one day they escaped from the cage and on that day a eight-year-old tim kevin and cool greg had to run around the house trying to catch these fucking birds I and hate the thing was so much they're the type of birds you can't touch them because they like the oils of your fingers fuck them up and there's the birds die, what but like it's a whole fucking thing <laughs> well no did the birds <laughs> they die later. They... they didn't die because of us but and like, why look. do they die tim why do they die because so we can get back up no, because the boy, because the boy pecked the eyes of all the all girls. Right. Yeah, look, I it was just horrifying. Jumped, I just fucking I hate jumped those to birds. the death part, Kevin, to not get to the specifics. Okay, I just want to say we had nothing to do with it. Nothing I to do with it. I was not involved. One of the podcasts that my mom decides to skip because she's been trying to get me to get a bird for years. I was like, I don't want a bird, and I feel Joey, like she's this is why this Nick is why I hate birds. Make a bird. Uh, I hate Nick so much. So we can get back up. <laughs> God, Tim, remember my mom briefly, briefly had a bird. Oh my, yes. It was during Christmas, so there was a Christmas tree. So the bird kept going in the Christmas tree. Nick, please move on with the Why plot. Why was the bird not in a cage? Oh, in the house. In the house, she didn't like putting him in the cage. Pepito was his name. Pepito was his name. Oh my God! Yes. What is this podcast? These are true stories, I man. Don't, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, all right, all right. Back to the plot. Um, the cover gets blown, and the truck takes off, smashing through their uh, beloved Camaro from the first film. Janko climbs up top, uh, up on the top of the truck with ease. Uh, Schmidt falls off and hangs off the cargo net. I like this. In my brain. This is like a little, a little nod to the beginning of Beverly Hills Cop One, but maybe it's not. Um, Janko starts smashing through the window. One of the guys calls him the Terminator. And then uh, Schmidt hits a pole and pulls Janko with him. And together they hang uh, like two, you know, dead weights. And it's not a good thing. It was like, um, a, then, like, like shoes on a telephone. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The humor for uh, this didn't hit. That This was the first moment I was like, huh. Well, that's not true. I guess the, the part where he's like, tell him the story. Like that moment was good. But like the, the improv that happens right after that, I was just like, ooh. And then this it is... Not, I'm not feeling great after not this. Not a great start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, one of my notes for this was like, I didn't laugh the entire opening scene. And that's when I was like, oh, no. Yeah. What, do, what do I not remember about this movie? Yeah, not that's why I was like, dang, start. I remember this yeah. being a lot funnier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're back to Nick Offerman's office uh, where he gives them the assignment again with a lot more commentary and sequels. Quote, as if spending twice the money guarantees twice the profit. Then he tells basically the entire plot of what this movie is going to be uh, and sends them off. Uh, Janko wants to just hammer his way through the ceiling. He's like, we got a ceiling. We just want to hammer our way through the ceiling. And I'm like, eh, that's pretty funny. Uh-oh. But just put that one in your other pocket, Andy. Remember, in your first pocket right. is that one line. Put this in your other pocket because that one comes back again. Wait, what was in my first pocket? Uh, 
the line it inked me. It inked inks my mouth. Inked me. Inked me. Yeah. Right. Inked this is funny. The the whole spelling out the plot shit. I love that. I love they did in the first movie. I love they did it again here. Uh, but I love that they have the the line of nobody gave a shit about the Jump Street reboot and whatever. Like the fact that even in canon in this world, the Jump Street Jump Street reboot is a thing for the police stations is <laughs> so fucking funny. Uh, but it reminded me, like I remember watching Philip DeFranco when they announced 21 Jump Street reboot just it was even a thing and watching his reactions like why the fuck would they do this and like it's just funny <laughs> that like the movie was such a success and, and here we are with them making fun of all of that stuff like what a world we live in uh of course uh he says listen all i want you to do is do the same thing as last time and everyone's happy it's like the problem this all this all started because we strayed away from what the last thing the time you did we're going to do the same thing last time everyone's happy so they head to another abandoned church and we get a comedic beat because it's across from the first abandoned oh church God, so good. And, they and they walk in and the gang's all there and we get the reference uh where he's like yeah that is me. really convenient yeah <laughs> <laughs> those lines have get me good uh he says look at dixon's office it looks like a giant ice cube or cube of ice mm-hmm. uh and then he says uh dixon says this is a vietnamese he's like he's like look it's the same church we even have a korean jesus he says, that's vietnamese jesus look at korea he's like Look at Korean, Vietnamese Jesus just dripping with swag goo. <laughs> what a sign like of the line. times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, also, the nerds in the first movie are back. They are interns now. And then they did the thing where they force choke uh, uh, Janko. And Schmidt's, yeah. like, Schmidt's like, I don't like this. Don't do this. Um, Dixon gives them the same shit as before. Same identity, same assignment. Someone's cooking up a new job called Wi-Fi. Uh, which is spelled differently. Uh, we get more commentary. Work on... hard, yes. Party hard, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. We get a callback. Does Andy look super original. slow to you? Anyone else? Mm-hmm. He looks good on my end. Oh, okay, never mind. I guess it was my imagination. Chat, let me know. That's <laughs> <laughs> my imagination. <laughs> uh, and then he ends the whole conversation with uh, infiltrate the dealer, find the supplier, of course, which is his, uh, the line from the first movie. So... They head off to college, and Janko is taken aback. He says, I'm the first one in my family to pretend to go to college. <laughs> Good line. That was the, I feel like that was one of those lines where it those those weird, like, just one-off lines from Channing Tatum that totally hit under, like, a throwaway line that he just nailed. It's so good. It's so good. Um, they, go, they go through all the things you need in a dorm, including the those, like, uh, pop-up hamsters and all these things then there's one moment hampers? where he's like i was really confused there for a second i was like i think nick watched the extended cut <laughs> maybe maybe uh and then yeah. at one point he goes is that, is that come on the mattress and he's like it is come on the mattress and then he screams already got come on the mattress dog <laughs> That's a good uh, one. <laughs> and then we get introduced uh, to kenny and keith lucas but, playing but that game. that sequence of them setting up the dorm just like I love that sort of shit. I, I, like, it's so out it's of what West the Anderson. world is. It yeah. just like here we are, kind of making this YouTube video. Suddenly, it it just it works for me. It works really well for me. There's there's that style, and then there's also we'll talk about it later. But I laughed so hard the first time. Not this time because I knew it was coming, but the first time it's the split screen with both of them walking, and Schmidt's like throwing his gun up in the air, and you see Channing Tatum walking. You're like. Oh, he kind of looks like he's in the same park. And then he walks up and then the line just goes away. And they're like in the same, but like right next to each other. I'm like, that's 
that's actually kind of really funny. Um, we get introduced to Keith, Kenny and Keith Lucas playing the Yang Twins, which is really well done. Uh, they're really funny, and they call Schmidt and Janko out for looking old as fuck. And then uh, because they're brothers, they say they look at each other and they're locked in, and they say the exact same thing. And then Janko and Schmidt try, Schmidt try to do it, and they fail miserably. Ready, Andy? Yeah. Paper Pirates, clips, baby bananas, feet. I don't know. Sun, Word, anger, quicksand. <laughs> I love this bit. And it, this reminded me of why I love 21 Jump Street, of them setting things up. They're going to come back throughout the movie, both comedically and thematically. I, I just still don't think that this ever hit the highs that I was looking for uh, from it. But I liked how it kind of throughout the plot did a good job of aligning sides of who's with who at what moment. And we have so many iterations of this that I thought always had a laugh. I just don't think they ever reached the laugh. Who are these two dudes? They're comedians, right? They're fucking funny as hell. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Keith and Kenny Lucas. Yeah, they're called the Lucas brothers. I don't know. Like I've seen them do know. stuff on Adult Swim before. I've seen them on Comedy Central before, but I don't really know if they have ever really had like their thing, you know? Big breakout thing. Yeah. yeah. Not 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 that I know of either. They had uh, Lucas Bros Moving Co. TV series for two years. That was like an adult swim thing, right? I believe. I think so, yeah. Janko is worried that everything's going to be like last time, which really sucked for him. But then they discover they have co-ed bathrooms. And we got a little comic beat here where uh, Schmidt's like, she's, he's like, what's up? She's like, nothing. What's up with you? He's like, I'm just exhausted from inventing Facebook or whatever students use. Uh, then we get and So again, I, I hate that I keep just saying things like, oh, this is why I don't like this movie. And like, because it bums me out. But like 21 Jump Street was over 10 years ago. And I feel like I'm walking away now being like, damn, it was so ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. A lot of this jokes, I'm like, Oh, this seems behind the times, even yeah. for when it came out. And like, that's unfortunate. Like, cause that type of joke, th- this is years after even social network was a thing. Like that's not relevant. And I know it's just as relevant today, but like the jokes have been made a million times. Yeah. I would say better, but sorry, continue. Uh, we get introduced to Dr. Murphy who does an incredible Tracy Morgan impression. Uh, and Schmidt gets immediately called out for being a narc. Uh, he's like, hey man, you know where I get some of that Wi-Fi? He goes, yeah, you can go down to your local uh, precinct and ask your lieutenant, you fucking narc. Like he just immediately gets called out, which is hilarious. And I love that. I, 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 pretty much everyone knows they're cops. Even Julian Bell at the end, she's like, yeah, we know you're fucking cops. You're like four years old. Um, a funny thing about the age that obviously Julian Bell kind of fucking runs to the ground in the best way. Uh, but she hit, keeps joking about he looks thirty. She is 30 at the time of recording this. Uh, and he is only four years older than her in real life. It, it's oh interesting because, like, I feel like anyone can go to college. Like, you don't have to. Like, high school, you are Dorms, a set though. age. Dorms but, are the difference. But, I mean, can, like, someone not start going to college at 30 and go live in the dorms? I don't think so. I have no idea. I think I he, there's a girl on TikTok that's doing it right now. But I don't yeah. know. Whoa. Whoa. Joey, hit her up she and ask her how old she is. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the thing. Like, it just—it's so interesting that that joke, like, maintained from the last one. Because I feel like in the last one, it makes a lot more sense. Right. Of yeah. everyone being like, "Hey, you're clearly not 14 to 18, right?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I just the same thing. They're treading the same fucking waters, and like, come on, we get Doesn't it. They're older it. looking. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we get a little cameo here from Patton Oswalt, uh, who calls Schmidt so calls funny. on Schmidt to tell him about cocaine, 
And Schmidt's like, uh, it sounds like your cocaine's, or Jenko, I think, says, sounds like your cocaine's being stepped on. Uh, but uh, Patton Oswalt tells him he needs to decide who he's going to be. Are you going to do the same thing over and over again or pick a different path? You can do whatever you want to do. Uh, you can be whatever you want to be. He goes, he's like, I can do whatever I want to do, too. I have tenure here. I can do whatever I want. I'm sleeping with two of my students, her and her. And I haven't been in college in 20 years, but I assume that this vibe hasn't changed. Right, Tim? It there it is. Uh, <laughs> they go to an, a campus open mic, and uh, one of the local improv groups is there. The campus improv group is there. And I laugh my ass off when one so, of the crew asks for a prompt. He says, oh, I'm hungry. I wish I had a... Tampon. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what you told me to say, right? <laughs> yeah, that was perfect. That was perfect. Uh, Schmidt, Schmidt spots Maya, uh, whom he recognizes from his psych class. He asks about Cynthia because they were. And who uh, I recognize from the college humor Disney Princess Spring Breakers skit that is so fucking funny. And I recommend everyone go watch it. I love her. She's fantastic. She was also in a couple other things. Greek. She was on Greek, which is what I know her from. She's great. There was a couple of references to Greek in this movie as well. But I don't know because um, I didn't watch the show. But Gia did. Oh, she kept so marking good. out. Greer grammar. It's a good use of that term. Schmidt gets into uh, gets talked into some poetry uh, by Maya, and it's incredible because there's moments of it that I believe are just an inside <laughs> reference to "So I Married an Axe Murderer." Uh, and then there, uh, him doing it. Uh, Joey said it earlier, but like it goes from uh, to laugh out loud, like in it the blink of an eye, real fast. They he did it. Joan Hill nailed that scene in the same way he nailed the nailed the I've got a crow scene in the last <laughs> movie where I'm like, you motherfucker, you're so funny. <laughs> it's funny, though, because like, I guess in the first movie, it felt effortless. And in this one, it feels like they're working for the jokes. Does mm. that kind of make sense? Like in this one, I was like, he's working. We're going to it's like when I see comics who are like, I'm going to stay up there. But I, I got a 10 minute set, but only like. Really, six minutes of good material, so you got to work real hard for that extra four minutes. It's kind of what this feels like. Uh, they, of course, are out of leads, so they decide to turn to an expert. Enter Rob Riggle, who <laughs> I just... And Dave so Franco, good. who I wish they could have found a way to integrate into this movie more. You want to talk yeah. about more X Factors? That's what this movie's missing. Now, Rob two things with this. One, did you notice that when they were like, who are we going to look for? Channing Tatum's eating Doritos. No, that's hilarious. A little that's foreshadowing. Awesome. And two, oh, when I talk about the things that made me go, I don't want to talk about this. Rob Riggle in this movie didn't work for me. I really? love him. The stuff, I just was like, this, even from the time this movie was made, ah, probably shouldn't have been made. Probably shouldn't have went as far as they did. It's it just kind of like, the, yeah, they, they, they go hard, but I don't think it was worth the joke. The, that's the Dave it. Franco stuff was a little bit much. Yeah. Mm. The line that gets me that I think was in the trailer and still got me this one was he was like, I'm Eric's bitch. And he's like, and then you hear Dave Franco in the back go, no, you're not. And he goes, yes, I am. <laughs> that part got me. For Just me, the it's role the reversal of that is funny. But everything else was a little bit very inappropriate. The, the moment where he's like, I was I was going to go to Berkeley. It's just like God, the way so he bad. delivers that line is very good. It's very good. Uh, of course, Mr. Walters points out the reflection of the car door. He's like, where are the leads? Like, no, you're not. Look at, look closer. You didn't even look at the picture. Find the tattoo. Find the dealer. Of course, they're looking at a tattoo of bazooka that says boom on someone's bicep. So they set about trying to find that person. And they head to one tattoo parlor. And the artist is like, yeah, I did that. 
uh, I, I did it uh, it's for someone. And so uh, that points them back to Jimmy Tatcher and Wyatt Russell, who Janko starts to kind of bro down with. I think I may have missed when they got introduced. Oh, yeah, they got introduced in the uh, in the class sequence where uh, they were kind of making fun of him. But we come back to them because one of those guys has this tattoo, quote unquote. Uh, Janko crushes the walk-on tryouts uh, and Jimmy Tatro uh, with him while the voice of Archer watches. Yeah. I don't know if you guys caught that or not, but the coach is Archer, which is great. I always love seeing mm. that guy in live action stuff. He's so Zook, good. Zook, who is Wyatt Russell's character, invites. I, I, I just want to say, I feel like, uh, what's the other guy's name? Jimmy Tatro? Is that, is that Tatro, yeah. I think. I had to say his last name, Tim. I, Tim's I, always I, said Tatro. Tatro. I always said Tatro, I, but I don't know. Okay. I do feel like he, I wish he was better utilized because I, I like that actor. I think he can be really comedic, and I feel like the small parts that he have in here is it's kind of unfortunate it it is a missed opportunity because the 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 red herring was that you expect because you're following it so closely that zook and tatra are gonna be the bad guys right but it would have been more fun if they could have teamed up with everyone toward the end instead they just like watch from the beach whatever yeah. uh zook invites jenko to rush uh his his frat uh and schmidt gets to tag along we get another hilarious beat when they go to the frat house where Jimmy Jimmy Thatcher introduces himself again to Schmidt, and he's like, "We, we just met. We met earlier today." <laughs> he's like, "Oh man," he's like, "You must have just a really forgettable face." Um, Jenko wants wants uh, before they go to the party. Jenko wants Schmidt to hang back, uh, but he's like, "No, I'm going to come anyway." And, and throughout goes, all of this, Schmidt is just getting completely ignored in every conversation. And I'm dying every time. Um, <laughs> and then the finally we get that climbing sequence. He's like, "Sorry, man, I don't I don't do parkour." <laughs> like, I'm not. <laughs> Uh, we get we get a nod here that that hits really close to home for me and i'll tell you why because as they're getting ready for the party janko's wearing a puka shell necklace and he's like it's not 1994 you can't wear that anymore you gotta you gotta take that away my brother used to have a a necklace like that that was very very popular (sighs) incredible and they go to the party and and zook's wearing the same he's like same puka shell necklace and then under his breath Jonah Hill goes, why don't you guys tie your dicks together and get married? <laughs> they got Super jealous. It. It's so fucking salty. Uh, Janko and Zook head to the room uh, by literally parkouring this week. He's like, I'm, I'm going to go home. I don't, I don't know parkour. It's um, <laughs> <laughs> such a funny line, man. And that's like such an underrated line of comedy. Yeah. I don't know parkour. <laughs> I feel like we got multiple of those lines back to back here with that and and the the one that the things are different since you didn't go to college. Like yeah. that is so <laughs> funny. Like those two so close together. It's like here we're starting to hit the point of the movie. Where I'm like, you know what? I need to stop being critical. I am enjoying this. Just a have lot. some fun. Yeah, yeah, just have some fun um schmidt heads back to the dorms and spots maya and they talk about a sculpture that looks like testicles um maya invites me to go hang out with them at the art building uh meanwhile zook and janko are just amazing together and they're totally in sync right off the bat uh schmidt walks maya back to her room and spots cynthia's room uh over at the football field janko spots rooster's tattoo but it's not the right one it's a fish instead uh zook talks janko into joining what's that the tattoo was just really good. It was funny. He's um, like, that's an oddly specific name for a football team. <laughs> um, Zook talks Janko into joining the football team so they can throw bullet passes at each other. Uh, but then Janko spots his tattoo and it says, uh, boom, and it is the one they are, in fact, looking for. Uh, Maya and Schmidt wake, Schmidt wake up the next day after having sex. And then it cuts over and Jillian Bell was there. And she is <laughs> fucking perfect. She just, gives, so she just delivers a series of one-liners the funniest of which I think she said, I thought I heard, I thought your hip popped out at one point. 
I mean, you know how she's... good she is because when she is doing all of this, my first thought is, I hope it's her. Like, I hope she's the bad guy because mm -hmm. I want more of her. More of her. And that's always yeah. a good thing for a random character reveal. And then she has what I have to think is the most biting jab ever. She goes, tell us about the war. Any one of them. <laughs> Any one of them. <laughs> God, that's so good. That's so uh, Her name is Mercedes, She's... by the way. Uh, she was Cynthia's roommate. Um, I felt bad for her, so she invited her to room with her, and it's been just a disaster. Uh, Schmidt kind of gets uh, clingy, but Maya tells him to hit the streets, so he packs up his Jordans and leaves. Tim, what, what Jordans were these? Oh, dude, I regret to inform you that they are not a numbered Jordan. Those oh. are very much Team Jordan shoes that are not ones I would recommend to anybody. Ah, I digress. Uh, Schmidt tells the whole team that he, they go to the they go to the office and he tells the whole team he got laid last night. And Captain Dixon's like, "All right, I'm gonna give it to you a little bit," and he gives him like a little a pound, when, which is great. When this happened, I was like, "What a weird, like sidestep for this," but it pays off so well. It so pays off. Yeah, it so pays off. It seems um, so forced. And then the reveal then happens later, and it's like ah, so perfect. Ah, that that makes sense. Um. Janko, of course, uh, is has taken one class in uh, human, uh, what's human, the, what's sexuality. human sexuality yeah. and apologizes to Schmidt for all the slurs that he used in high school because he was a, quote, homophone. A homophone. <laughs> this this whole joke is so fucking funny. And, like, I, I will say that maybe maybe I'm just wrong about this and it's been done before. But, like, there was this insurgence of the, the kid that thinks they know everything because they went to college and took mm -hmm. one class that's about any type of sociology ever and now all of a sudden they're an expert in everything i think this movie did a really good job about playing with that trope i think it gotten sensitive in a couple ways of how it dealt with that but like it was overall worth the journey but i yeah, think I the think commentary so. is is spot on right especially at the very very end where he gets in a fight with the guy who calls him he calls him uh, the f word and he's like and then he schools him for a second and then headbutts him and it's like okay we're just back to violence I thought that actually. <laughs> um, I do think that I missed one line here somewhere where they're walking around campus and he goes, he goes, man, I don't think it's going to be hard, that hard to find. He says Wi-Fi is available campus wide. Everywhere. Goes, totally 24 seven. 24 seven. He's like, are you sure they're talking about that? The drug or Fuck well, so, stupid brain. So that, like, <laughs> that's so fucking funny to me. But like with this movie and what it is and the satire and the parody and all yeah. of it and the drug being called Wi-Fi, like, I almost feel like I wanted more of the drug is internet. The drug yeah. is Wi-Fi. Like, the, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. some type of commentary on something a little deeper, which I felt like the first one did have. And I feel like this movie kind of like, the, it, it's funny because that word sounds like this word, you know, mm -hmm. instead yeah. of like actually having something to say about it. It's not clever. Uh, no. They, of course, uh, are eating Rice Krispie treats and the uh, the brothers come in and are like, oh, man, you guys are going to start tripping balls. They're like, why is it? Because that has a ton of Wi-Fi in them. You're going to get real focused real quick. Uh, <laughs> they, they're like, oh, I think we're going to be okay. And then immediately start tripping balls and get super focused. So they decide to use all that energy to sneak into the frat house and bug it. Uh, while a meeting is happening downstairs to decide and they're just who drilling they're going to invite holes. to pledge. They're just <laughs> drilling holes this right above them, right above them. So much. But so this part got me so hard because it's a, it's it's a, another great use of the editing gag where it's close up on hole, close up on hole, close up on hole. It cuts over. <laughs> it, 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 Schmidt's trying to say stop, 
and then it cuts back to it. And he's just so focused, and then it cuts wide, and he's drilled ten holes in like. like I'm telling you, like, okay, give me the cameras. This, one, this one's this one's perfect. Give me the camera. He goes, I'm trying to tell you, I'm, I'm out of cameras. I don't have more cameras. <laughs> It's <laughs> fucking funny. And they've hidden cameras everywhere. Of course, they don't get discovered. Uh, I love so it. When, There's that moment with all the blinking lights, and he's, uh, what, uh, Wyatt, is it Wyatt? Wyatt yeah. Russell. Yeah, Wyatt Russell's about to go in there, and they just gingerly <laughs> drop stuff around. Because yeah. like with, over with, it. Yeah, all <laughs> the blinking lights, I was like, how are they going to, like, get away? Like, there's no way they're not going to see it. And, like, that gag got me really well. There so also funny. Nick is going to be taken completely out of context right there where he said this part got me so hard. <laughs> I looked yeah. and I was like, nobody, yeah. no one yeah. else. Okay. Joey, I was like, oh, no. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You guys get your head out of the gutter. <laughs> Tim, you're the only one that cares. Uh, that got me well. How about that? No, that's not even good. It got me good or made you laugh hard, but not yeah. it got me hard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's no way to paint that one. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) They're getting around that one, guys. Uh, So they escape, and it's a little bit of red herring here because you think at first Zook sees them and is pissed off. Uh, They, of course, get hooded and thrown to the back of cars as they trip balls. And, man, again, you want to talk about something that that got me the first time I watched this. Another fun, silly kind of Wes Anderson-style moment. Schmidt has to go to hell where they're playing nothing but 90s like Creed. Creed. And then Janko has this fantastic titties, dude. Where it's just acid titties and he's getting tickled by a football and rides a little mini Lambo. He's like, I finally got my Lambo. Dude, the fact I'm, that I'm Creed high. is playing. I'm going up. And I laughed Schmidt. so hard at the fact that Creed is playing, dude. Unbelievable. And Jonah Hill has funny. that perfect uh, arrested development. Uh, George Michael Bluth like sad stance too yeah. that really yeah. sells it uh, we do get a point of theme here where Janko starts to ascend to the heavens but Schmidt is literally weighing him down then they get pulled out of the car and back to reality where Zook and Rooster pull guns on them but it's a twist those are squirt guns there's vodka in there they've been invited to pledge Zeta uh, we get a montage where they have to drink a bunch which seems very dangerous uh, the night ends when Schmidt uh, uh, with Schmidt uh, when when they bring out two pigs and he's like no I can't do this uh, <laughs> hold on like this whole scene from the drug trip and the split screen and all that, like at the end of the day, I think it wasn't worth it. The minutes used for comedy. Like, I think that there was a couple funny things like the creed was funny and like the, him getting too high was funny, but I think overall, like we've seen that bit before and I don't think this was the best time we've seen it. Whereas 21 jump street, them getting high is fucking hilarious. Like every, them bringing yeah. each other's mouths, all that stuff. Like it was so fucking good. And with this for to end tongue back in there. I don't like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for this to end with a party scene was funny, but not ever laugh out loud funny until Jonah Hill fucking straight up Luigi right bees this thing. <laughs> And just fucking head first <laughs> through the beers. It was like so unexpected because, like, you're looking at it, you're like, what's he gonna do? And you know, he's gonna fucking run through it or whatever. But the way he went about it, I was like, all of this was worth it. And all of this was now very funny. It's just so sad how he goes through it. Because you think who's the oh, character gonna... in uh, the Simpsons? Nelson. It's Nelson, Nelson jumping through the window in the Simpsons. <laughs> it's it, or it's Cartman jumping through the window in the uh, in the episode of um south park that's mimicking 24 the show 24 like it's just so it's great physical comedy man it's hilarious look um back to it 
He says, maybe we should just investigate, I don't know, different people. Maybe we should just branch out and sow our oats, our, sow our cop oats. And this is the first time that we get this. <laughs> so be dumb. Way more about the, the romantic, or not romantic comedy. Well, it's a romantic comedy style vibe, but it's about the couple. Uh, Schmidt doesn't like the idea of doing it separately, but Janko just kind of wants it to be an open investigation. It's an uh, open investigation. <laughs> like, like it's this is so funny. And like, I, again, I've been talking a lot of shit about this, like, or being more negative, but this is funny. This is a very good movie. It's just not a fantastic movie. Like, the open investigation and the way they back up that comedically and plot wise is deserved, earned. And funny as hell. Like, this is great. I loved this this whole back and forth between the two because I believe in it. Uh, I agree. Schmidt, of course, doesn't like the idea of them doing it separately, but Janko just kind of wants to be open. Uh, Janko, we get a montage here where Janko's at his first game, football game, with uh, Zook, and he crushes it uh, while Janko looks on. I think I did miss a point here where he did admit that Janko has the tattoo. Uh, Schmidt calls Janko while he's working out, and Janko blows him off even though he can see it on cameras. The two of them working out in this movie is just another moment where I think it's perfect where they're like working out in sync and they're both making the same sounds. Uh, the next day Schmidt's uh, parents come to visit and we get a little cameo from the original parents there, which is great. It's still so ridiculous that their parents are coming to visit. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so stupid, dude. <laughs> like it, it's, it's the same level of like laugh for me that they're coming to visit as when, uh, as when Channing Tatum says, I saw a college uh, application thing on your desk the other day. Like, it's so too deep, ridiculous, man. I a man. college application on your desk the other day. I don't know how long this is going to last. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, of course, the twist is paid off here uh, where Maya's dad comes to visit. Uh, Maya's parents come to visit, rather. Uh, and twist, it's Queen Latifah and Ice Cube. It's uh, Captain Dicker, Dixon. And he is so good. not it's so happy funny. that Schmidt it... is there because he puts two and two together very quickly. Uh, we get a scene. This here was that... the reveal that I was waiting for in Twenty One Jump Street. I was mm -hmm. like, "Isn't there a thing with his daughter?" And then I got to the end. I was like, "Oh, maybe that's the wrong." <laughs> um, totally forgetting that Ashley, or I think that's her name, was in this one. Anyways, uh, Captain Dixon goes ham on the buffet while Zook and Janko win again at beer pong over the other side. Uh, Janko finds uh, Wi-Fi in Zook's bag, so he straight up asks Zook about it, but Zook gets real and tells me he wants Janko to make a tape with him so they can go to a better college uh, called uh, UMC, University of Metro City. A lot of random fake names being thrown <laughs> around. He says, you can just bust. He's, and then he's like, listen, man, you and me, we're right here, but we can just bust through the ceiling. And Channing Tatum goes, yeah, man, just bust. And they start doing it together. And Andy, take it out of your pocket, because that one got a laugh at me. That got a laugh out of me. There it is. Uh, Schmidt and Maya head back to the dorms and Captain Dixon sends Schmidt a, a, a group of scathing texts got another laugh out of me <laughs> what's up Doug I'm gonna kill you Doug <laughs> with the emojis the gun <laughs> this joke is perfect honestly this is cinematic brilliance when it comes to comedy of they set it up well story wise so that the actual reveal makes us go oh <gasps> And then laugh immediately. And then the texts are just so fucking well-written, so funny. But then the sound effects of the text coming in, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. it, it's just so good. Cause like, this is the first time I'm actually scared for our protagonist in any mm -hmm. way. Cause I'm like, <laughs> ice cube's going to fuck you up. Yeah, you and up. you're also, you're so scared. You're so worried for them. Uh, 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 Schmidt and Maya head back to the dorms. He gets the, anyway, Maya wants to have sex. 
uh, to defuse the situation, but Doug just wants to talk. Meanwhile, Zook and Janko make an incredible video with Star Wipes and sync up just like the twins. Uh, they are, in fact, kindred souls. Maya leaves Schmidt in her room, and it's revealed that Mercedes, again, was there the whole time. She tells him <laughs> that Cynthia went back, uh, went to a shrink a bunch, setting up the fact that she's probably going to set up uh, Dr. Murphy. Uh, Janko and Schmidt, Schmidt head to Dr. Murphy's office to do some digging, but it ends up with them sitting down for a couple's therapy session. Uh, Janko and Schmidt argue while Dr. Murphy teaches them about embedding, which is the tendency to cling to the first thing you see and hear, and the light bulb goes off, and Schmidt's brain, he goes, oh my god, the first time we saw the photo of Cynthia, we thought Zook was the dealer, but what if Cynthia was the dealer, and she was handing him the drugs? Uh, so, they head to Captain Dixon's office. And, hold on, and hold then, on. This whole embedding bit was brilliant to me. Like, this, this was the moment where I'm like, oh my god, this is so good, and like, I, I wish it was a little earlier because, like, I think they took half the movie to do the whole we're just doing the first one again and then starting doing something different. I wish they did that maybe, like, 20 minutes earlier to allow the second half to really shine and be its I own agree. unique thing. Because <laughs> uh, with the embedded bit, the where they were sinking on the Jinx, you owe me this. Mm-hmm. They said, Jinx, buy me a beer. Nice. Nice twist on what? <laughs> like... That whole thing was so funny because that's the type of meta where one of the characters didn't know what it's a twist on. Mm-hmm. Only one did, but they both were doing it. And that yeah. is so fucking funny. And then them getting into the embedding conversation and like the double entendre of what embedding could mean. Like this was 21 Jump Street at its best. And I just wish it happened a little earlier because I think it could have resulted in brilliance. Yeah, I enjoyed a lot of the psychiatrist sort of moment uh, with the teacher and I really wish that, like, when we get into this latter portion of the movie, I can't believe the movie's still going. Like, not that I'm like, ah, oh, this is dragging, but I'm like, oh, shit, there's still the whole spring break sequence. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. and we're about an hour and a half into this. This is kind of late. <laughs> like, how much of this is there actually? Yeah. So I was pretty shocked that, like, I wish we had gotten to the latter portion sooner because I think there's maybe more opportunity for comedy in the spring bake kind of uh, environment. And it, it all happens pretty quick and it gets wrapped up pretty quickly. It's so funny you say that because remembering this movie, I could, I would have bet you dollars that half of this movie happened during spring break. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I, I yeah, swear to God, really, I was like, really wait, when the fuck there. do they go to Mexico? I thought the whole movie was in Mexico. <laughs> and they're there for five minutes at the end of it, which is funny. But also I we also get think... like some, sorry, go ahead. Oh. Oh, I was going to say, I also think that this uh, scene with the psychiatrist plus the breakup scene are the two scenes where the rom-com vibe of it are the strongest. And I think if they would have taken out some of the other throwaway parts of that and replaced that with more of the buddy cop vibe, it might have been balanced better. Yeah, totally. I I disagree, Joe, only that I think the best rom-com moment is the scene where they are prepping to go to Mexico over the spring break thing, or they're in Mexico already. What you missed a spot, and it's just it's it's Jonah Hill's. It's that Jonah Hill's the best in the movie, though. It's it's Jonah Hill's physical comedy. It's his. It's so you could tell he wants to laugh. He's trying to keep a straight face, <laughs> and he's but he's looking as serious as ever. And anytime Channing Tatum says something, they cut to Jonah Hill's just fucking doofy ass face, like yeah. <laughs> you just look so serious and i love that i i just love it all like the, all of that i wish there was a lot more of that it's so well done uh they head back to captain dixon's office as uh, schmidt straps on kevlar uh and Jenko's like, why are you wearing kevlar so fucking and then he good. Sees, oh my god he sees the picture on his desk and puts two and two together 
And this scene could have gone one of two ways. They could have probably just had him be like, oh my God, you're, you're, you're having sex with the captain's daughter. But no, they're like, this is 22 Jump Street. That's some 21-ass Jump Street shit to do. He gets up, goes outside, announces it to every single person, then dances <laughs> around the whole cube and comes back in. And then he's like, how are we think- everybody. <laughs> And then, oh God! And then he's like, uh, "We have." To, I mean, he's like, "We got to settle this situation." And there's just a quick cut. He's like, "You're gonna shoot me, Captain?" He goes, "No, I got something better." And there's just a quick cut of him tasing Schmidt in the dick. <laughs> but, but even before that, him being like, "I'm gonna do this for every time he says that," and Channing Tatum runs around and says the thing ten times, yeah. and it's so fucking funny. I love this scene so much. I love that they were like, "You know what? Fuck movie rules. Let's just do what's funniest right now." Yeah. Yeah. And they did it because, like, it is so real. Like, this felt the most genuine. And it brings me back to, I believe, in Channing Tatum and Jonah yeah. Hill as friends. And this <laughs> is them being friends. And and guess what? Ice Cube's their friend, too. Okay. I thought Channing Tatum was great here. I just didn't love the typical punchline to this sort of comedy of, mm-hmm. no, actually, it's not funny at all. Not funny at all. Like, yeah. I just feel like that that's been done so many times and that's kind of the default and what you expect and it rarely ever is funny at this yeah. point for me anymore i yeah i i kind of wish that like like they went way too hard with channing tatum in this moment like it goes from a comedy to like a full-blown cartoon of him running around yelling it i i love the resolution of him getting tased in the nads uh but i just think that like channing tatum loses <laughs> me while he's running around it just like I don't think that character would have done that. Like, I wish they had set it up so there was somehow more of a separation and then Ice Cube comes in afterwards. And that's when we get the, like, the reveal of, like, oh, no, never mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, they bring up uh, Captain Dixon rightly points out uh, that Cynthia's dead. So as are there leads. And then Jinko asks, how are we supposed to find a dealer if the dealer's dead? Schmidt says, we have to stop treating this like it's the exact same thing as before. And he apologizes for accusing Zook of being a bad guy. And together they decide to do some good old fashioned police work. So they break into Cynthia's room and they find a dildo, which of course, a double sided dildo. Yep. Which Jenko throws at Schmidt's face. Like (laughs) you have to, uh, and then <laughs> they find to. they find <laughs> a hollowed out to. book from the library, uh, which they uh, figure out she's been using to deliver drugs. So, what's up, Tim? They just say we got we got we know where we gotta go, and at the same time, one says library, and Channing Tatum says the book place. The book place. <laughs> <laughs> That's good comedy right there. Gia looks oh over God. and hits me. She's like, pause, and I'm like, fuck. Anytime she says pause, she says they're going to drop some knowledge on some shit I don't know or make fun of me. And she goes, Tim, you would call it the book place. Yep. That's so true. Uh, That's a great line. Janko, of course, tears off to play the football game with Zook. Uh, and unfortunately, Schmidt is left forced to go to the library by himself where he discovers the ghost uh, from Armageddon on Andy's favorite made up porno from Miss Congeniality, Andy's favorite Sandy Bullock movie. Uh, yeah. Schmidt texts Jenko in the middle of his game. Great so callback. Sh- Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we get a little bit, and speaking of callbacks, of course, this is a callback moment for the Peter Pan show where he has to leave the thing that he wants to do most to go back up his friend and it causes more strife. Uh, he shows up in full uniform. Uh, they get caught, so they decide to go back to the fake blowing each other joke. Uh, and then one of the thugs calls Jenko a homophobic slur, and he literally schools him on how inappropriate it is to do that uh, in 2014, 2014. Thanks to the one human sexuality class that he took. <laughs> 
Uh, then of course that they forgot for you. like that like yeah, again insensitive funny. to hear that word and you kind of yeah. like oh shit like I wasn't expecting that but it's it's a great little comeback from him because he took one class and it's just yeah. it works for me and he means it and that's that's the best part that, yeah. that's why it works is because he's not the character in character the character is like no it's an appropriate thing to say and then he gives he puts a nice little little bit of monologue out there on him uh, yeah I was worried when it happened I was like uh oh how are <laughs> at what yeah, point did this movie this? happen like how mm-hmm. does this get handled that yeah, was is very this, a, is this Kevin Smith now or Kevin Smith 20 years ago uh let's see they get chased schmidt takes the stairs while jenko literally jumps down all the balconies like spider-man uh they take off in the mc state golf cart while ghost the, chases real them quick the, the way channing tatum goes down those incredible. stairs is insane where it's like i'm sure he was wearing wires but i could also 100 percent believe that he can do that it looks really believable dropped and grabbed on that's really cool um and then they there is a, there is a slowdown happening with andy and tim when you guys start talking, it's really behind. They're fine on that. Audio or video? Yes, yes. Video. Mm. Well, I mean, it's not going to happen now. It's too convenient oh. to happen now. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's happened several times. Gotcha. Uh, they destroy a bunch of stuff, even though they say we're out of budget to destroy stuff because the, the chief told them that they're out of budget. God, uh, I love so they, they go yeah. through the, muse- the, the, what, the, the garden of sculptures. Yeah. Inst- like, should I go right or left? What's right? The garden of sculptures. All right, well, I'm going that way already, or whatever it was. It's just so He's like, fucking... you could have gone left. That was a parking lot. <laughs> uh, and then, the, yeah, the top, the over-the-top view of, like, them crashing through a bunch of shit, and then just like, wow, there's a lot of expensive stuff in there. <laughs> 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 it's so good, man. Uh, of course, this all ends with them on the field, uh, and they lose control of the golf cart because the brakes are out, and they send it into the goalpost, and we get the payoff for that joke where everyone's been trying to take this goalpost down, but the captain had it sunk. It, or then the captain the coach had it sunk in, in cement and this thing just explodes it and it comes down and everyone cheers as Schmidt uh, gets arrested by campus police and he so covers the, for Jane behind Hill. the scenes on this is it was a huge problem and it was a real fire and it was <laughs> things were melting in ways they were supposed to be melting and they're just like holy shit because like they the whole scene was everyone floods it and then it blows up and all that mm-hmm. so there was a lot of people around and there was a lot of fire and there was a lot of issues of people being like hey get out of here run this is a problem <laughs> and people not knowing if it was real direction or in the movie <laughs> but oh, wow everyone that's was okay crazy. no one was hurt um let's see uh of course this is where they break up here he says what are you doing as i just decided for you just stick with football i can't give you the same feeling these guys can maybe we were only supposed to do this once uh and we get which again that goes back to what i was saying like this movie knows what it is but does that make it great Mm -hmm. i don't know that's a complicated question but with that like can we they ever give us the feeling that the first one did i don't think they can and they know it and this is them admitting it so this line to me kind of gives them the salute of a little tip of the hat i did enjoy this i do love this movie or i do like this movie a lot I don't love this movie, and that's okay. That's okay. Uh, Schmidt is forced to leave school and go back to patrolling the lake while Janko and Zook uh, put up matching pictures of Lamborghinis and become, in their words, Lambros. <laughs> God, that's such a Nick thing. I know. <laughs> when, when they said that, I was like, somewhere Nick's laughing right now. <laughs> so funny. So funny. Uh, Chief Hardy closes the case and blames the whole thing on Dr. Murphy, who's been framed, but Schmidt knows it's a frame job and steals the case back to reopen it on his own. Time passes, and Jenko realizes that working out and being awesome is not all it's cracked up to be. He kind of misses Schmidt, 
Schmidt and he goes for a walk and split screen while Schmidt plays with the gun at the lake. And then the split scene comes together and they're right next to each other. And I, 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 this got me so fucking good the first time I watched it. Uh, Jenko tells Schmidt he's worried. Got me so got, hard. Got, that just got me so hard. <laughs> so hard. I'm never going to live that one down. <sighs> uh, Schmidt tells him that the ghost plays uh, pays tuition for someone at school, but they can't figure out who. Jenko tells him there's a huge Wi-Fi shipment coming uh, to Puerto Mexico for spring break. He says, if you want to, we can go down there. And he says, what about school and your wonderful new life? And he goes, I have time off. I'm on spring break. So <laughs> we get a shot of a sign that says Puerto Mexico. But of course, it is exactly like the iconic low angle shot of Miami uh, from from bad boys. Uh, and they get ready to go to work. And this is where we get Schmidt taking a moment. He's like, you missed a spot. And he dabs a little sunscreen <laughs> on the back of Jenko's neck. It's so delicate. dude. This is great. So man. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> of course, it's an intimate moment that makes Jenko try have to reiterate this is only a one time thing. They head to the beach and they saw they spot spring break motherfuckers. Yeah. And then the fucking theme song kicks in and it is glorious. And then they walk into the wall and I wish they didn't play it for a gag because I wanted this to be their fucking return moment. Mm. Uh, they head to the beach and spot a dealer who's dealing a ton of Wi-Fi and it's revealed it is, in fact, Mercedes, uh, Jillian Bell. Uh, they follow her to a bar where Maya and everyone else is partying. We get that great laugh. It's like, are people actually eating in here? <laughs> it's so sweaty. It's so sweaty. Uh, upstairs, Mercedes gives a presentation to the ghost on how she's going to spread Wi-Fi and make it go viral. Uh, and he says, why don't you just sell those old school drugs like cocaine and heroin. And she goes, are you kidding me, dad? That's what they did on Golden Girls. Blanche did heroin. And then Channing Tatum. Old drugs. Blanche never did heroin. (laughs) Channing Tatum under his breath goes, Blanche never did heroin. He sounds so like protective of them and I love it. That's perfect. perfect. Uh, Janko and Schmidt barge in on the deal to arrest everyone, but Mercedes already knew they were cops, so they had guys prepared for them. But and they get an argument about uh, who should have brought the tracker, yada yada. yada. It's all red herring. Schmidt really brought the tracker, and they said that he goes, "That's improv, bitch," which I think is a callback to the improv scene. Captain, but I love that being like that seems like a real argument because it really did feel like a real argument. Like I believe in these guys as fucking best friends so much that I just hope I don't know the truth. And honestly, if the truth's not positive, no one tell me. Perfect. I just want Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill to be best friends in real life. I mean, and they I, haven't I, done anything since, though. And that's the thing I that know. worries me. Because I had the yeah, same they thought. Definitely hate but what has Channing Tatum done recently? Did you Oof. see the whole article that came out this week? About how uh, he took, like, a big acting break because he didn't get Gambit. And how, like, it hurt him in his soul. <laughs> Oh, that probably saved his career. He wouldn't have been good for Gambit. Like he yeah. should know that. He has to understand that. So, so do you know, Tim, that like Leo DiCaprio and Jonah Hill have like this really great strong friendship? Yeah, yeah. And like, I want that for Channing Tatum as yeah. well. Yeah. And there, I'm really dude. jealous that like, because there's always like really really funny clips of of Leo DiCaprio surprising Jonah Hill in public and him not knowing that it's uh, DiCaprio walking up to him and he like freaks him out. He's like, oh shit, like what's up, man? And they're just like really, really good friends. And I, first off, I love that dynamic. I love that DiCaprio has someone like that in his life that he could kind of like just fuck around with and have a little like brother to fuck around with. But the idea that Channing Tatum doesn't have that with Jonah Hill really makes me sad, Tim, because I was right there with you. I thought no, he must. Good. He must. I, I want to believe. I still believe. Don't tell yeah. me otherwise. Let's go. Uh, Captain Dixon enters with some fun lines, and then we get a little cameo from Rai Rai who says, we shoot dicks off here at Jump Street. And then the nerds show up, and they go, we're here 
as well. <laughs> Funny delivery. Uh, Mercedes kidnaps Captain Dick, uh, Dickerson uh, instead of Maya. A little role reversal there. Then Janko and Schmidt follow, but she gets away in a car. He goes, how are we supposed to catch them? Then they spot a Lambo, and he goes, oh, a Lambo. Uh, but uh, another twist here. They have to split up. Janko, of course, is faster on uh, foot, so Schmidt has to take the Lambo because he's faster or because he's slower. And he goes, how do I drive this thing? And Schmidt and Janko looks back at him and says, you don't. You have to let it drive you. <laughs> Such a dick <laughs> Chases them into a hotel and screams Tokyo Drift as he drifts through the lobby. Uh, he and like, look, here's the thing. Did I like that? No, I didn't. Did you laugh at it? It's Tim? so fucking lame. It's so easy. Did I love it? Absolutely. 100%. They fucking did it. Like, we all do it. Will anyone ever drift again without saying Tokyo Drift? No. The answer is no. no. So I, I does this you know. show its age? No. It shows its longevity. True enough. <laughs> True classics never die. Uh, he chases Mercedes through the hall, but she grabs him and they fight. Uh, meanwhile, Ghost and some of his buddies square off against Channing Tatum. Uh, back at the hotel, this is where this fight gets. This is the funniest part of this whole movie. Yeah, I don't care what it is. He's gonna hit her. He's like, I don't want to hit her. And she's like, uh, he's like, I'm, I'm not gonna hit a girl. She says, if you thought me, if you thought of me as a person instead of a girl, you'd hit me. So, so he, and then she tries to kiss him, and they, it has this moment of weirdness, and. He, he goes, he goes, you're dead. Mr. and Mrs. Smithing me. Because I'm not Mr. and Mrs. Smithing you. I had to pause. I had to pause. I had to laugh. He goes, there's nothing about this. There's nothing about this, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It's not a sexy fight at all. It's not a sexy fight. But the so fact that it's fucking funny with the Channing Tatum fight, where he's like, really, more twins? Like, all that yeah. stuff is so fucking funny. And then the girl as a weapon that he's swinging around. It's so over the top uh, and like, ridiculous. Oh my God. But that being cut with this dialogue based fight yeah. is just beautiful. And yeah. then we get, it goes, they crash through the room. By the way, I never noticed it the first time, but the whole time the scene's happening, there's just a, it's a Somebody dude in the background. There's a guy behind him smoking a bong. <laughs> they bust through the bedroom and land on the bed. And he goes, she goes, get off me unless you're going to fuck me. Are you going to fuck me? <laughs> he goes, no, we're not going to fuck. We're not fucking. <laughs> What I love about this scene is the parallel to the prom or dance scene in the first one with uh, Ellie Kemper, where yeah. like I wanted to laugh harder at that, but I didn't because I was like, oh, there's part of me that feels uncomfortable. But because this one is an even playing field, I feel yeah. like it plays so much better. God, it's so funny. It's so good. And again, just shout out to Jillian Bell because it's all her. Jonah it's Hill, all her. She's. Man. She's giving him so much to work with, and he's chewing it up. I mean, uh, so, to, but it's it's all her. She's so fucking funny in this scene. I was reading an interview. Jonah Hill for this scene was like, "I have never felt this uncomfortable and this out of my element." Where it's like, "I'm a horrible actor. I'm horrible. I'm not funny. I'm not good at what I do." Anytime I had something funny to say, she said it first and better than me. God. Like she just fucking killed me here. And what you saw on camera was just Jillian. Through and I, through, owning the scene. I also just love the idea, and it, it it makes me kind of appreciate the the craft of film that they made here. In that, <laughs> you know that they were laughing really hard when they decided so to just put a stoned guy in the background oh God. Yes. <laughs> and be like, "What if we just have this guy who was in that other scene just in the background high the whole time, and we don't talk about it, we don't reference it." <laughs> And so it's, it's little things like that that make me like just really appreciate this movie. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, Captain uh, Mercedes runs off and pulls a gun on him, but 
uh, and she takes him hostage, but uh, with a lot of old person jokes. And it's nice to finally, you know, it's nice to have that stuff laid off at someone else's doorstep for once. Uh, Captain Dixon arrives and, and, and wants to shoot Doug for having sex with his daughter, but Schmidt tells him that he really cares about her. And Maya saves the day by cracking Jillian over the head. Janko and Schmidt head up to the roof in another awesome split screen edit, and they come together in the stairwell. Uh, they head up, and Schmidt tries to take a bullet for Janko, but misses. So the bullet hits uh, Janko instead in the arm. And he goes, so I'm trying to take a bullet for you, man. And he goes, he goes, yeah, but you did. He goes, yeah, but it's the thought that counts, right? Goes, no, it's not the thought that counts. It's taking the fucking bullet. <laughs> and it's true. Like, <laughs> it's true. Uh, Schmidt decides to cover him while he runs a, a route on Wolverine, but it's too late. The helicopter has already taken off, so Janko decides to, to jump uh, for it and hangs off a little landing strippy thingy, even though he has one arm. Uh, Schmidt can't literally leave him hanging, so he replays all the times uh, he physically failed Janko in, in the past and jumps for it himself. Landing. Great little Great little montage right Great there. I love, I love shit like that in movies. Uh, Jenko slips and Schmidt grabs him while everyone down on the beach cheers them on. And he says, I just, uh, Schmidt says, I just realized something, or Jenko says, I just realized something. You don't hold me down, man. You lift me up. Uh, and he goes literally and figuratively. Uh, Jenko reach, of course, we get the bit. Uh, oh, but that's, a good a that's a good analog to the whole, uh, covalent bonds thing of like yeah right like right. It, here it's channing tatum who's like no obviously that's what i'm talking about like i'm not right, right. You, you're on it you don't have to point that out sort yeah, of yeah yeah um uh, of course then we get the the grenade bit here where janker reaches into schmidt's shorts and he's like you have to reach under my shorts and grab the grenade and he's like why is it so hard <laughs> no, like, like, just... no keep grabbing he's like what uh he says no that's my dick oh sorry 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 that's still my dick Oh damn! Okay. okay, why is it so hard? I'm so excited. I'm so excited. It's <laughs> exhilarating. He, he takes the grenade out and pulls the pin with his mouth and goes, "Oh, I got it in my mouth." <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. Like it's so fucking funny. It's so <laughs> gross. Then he throws the grenade into the chopper, and as he does so, uh, Schmidt tells him to say something cool. So he says something cool. And throws it in. I think that could have been a funnier line. Yeah, uh, and me then too. And they kept doubling down on they it. They did. They did. No, but like they, like I, I don't know. It, I feel like it very much fits the character, though. Like Channing Tatum would, like, or the, you know, uh, Janko would Janko. take that. Yeah, mm -hmm. take that as oh, say something cool, something cool. And then later they have the like, you know, the moment where he's like, "What'd you, what'd you say? say? Something cool." And it's like, all mm -hmm. right, that was enough for both of them, you know. Yeah, we um, also didn't point out the incredible line of dialogue, the little one-off, the asides that we said there weren't enough of. But this is way earlier in the movie during the first classroom scene where they call on Janko and he goes, "Covalent bonds." <laughs> 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 I laughed. It got me really good. Uh, it's funny though because you're like, these movies were in fact released two years apart. Did anyone remember the Covalent Bond thing from the first one? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I guess maybe if you watched it right before you came in. Schmidt, of course, when they hit the, uh, the, the shore, Schmidt apologizes for clenching Janko's flower in his fist. Uh, but Janko's like, I, he's like, I didn't like swelling myself. He's like, you need friction to create fire. Uh, and then Zook agrees that Janko's uh, the one he should be with. Uh, after the party ends, of course, Janko and Schmidt have one last moment where he says, we're getting too old for this shit. And then uh, Schmidt says, we actually started too old for this shit. Then Schmidt tells him that they uh, they can even out the arm thing uh, if Janko wants to shoot him, which of course then results in Janko the ricochet just shooting him again. <laughs> then so Dixon good. comes in and gives them their next forty assignments. 
Uh, and it's around 29 Jump Street. They change him out for Seth Rogen, and it's fucking hilarious. So good. Uh, Wait, what contract and- dispute? What contract dispute? Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. First off, Incredible. Uh, I, I wish you could unfuck my daughter is <laughs> one of the funniest lines in the movie. <laughs> like, that was great. But yeah, leading into this and the fact that it goes on so, so long, long for so many. They did 22 different movie sequels. Like that's brilliant and the toy line and the the castings and the surprise cameos like it was the the 21 jump street cameos from the original richard rico yeah we got that uh we get a fun dance where like they're going to dance academy and jonah hill of both people goes yes finally something i'm amazing at (laughs) Of course, is a little slight toward Channing Tatum being a great dancer and the action figures. Andy, take it out of your pocket because pocket number the, two. Pocket the, number two. Each of them have their own lines, and the first one is "Get ready for being a lifetime of uh, get, excuse me, get ready for being a life of being a badass motherfucker." And the second one is "It's inking in my mouth," and then the third one is "Don't fuck my daughter." <laughs> And then the shooting the dicks one got me real good to <laughs> the commercial. Oh, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is 22 Jump Street. God, it ended so strong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Such a strong yeah, ending, dude. I, hard, the, solid ending. Yeah, the Seth Rogen thing of like, shut the fuck up. They'll never notice. Like, yeah. And he call, calling him the wrong name is great. And then coming back and be like, wow, I'm glad you're back. Wait, what do you mean? I didn't leave. What do you mean? What contract dispute? Yeah. Like, all of that is just golden, dude. It's and it so being so Seth good. Rogen. Oh, sorry, guys. Oh, man. Go for it. Go for it. I, was just, I didn't even know I had the volume up. Seven syllables in the middle. You need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret. And haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku in review. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your haiku in review form. Just I'm still like. pulling it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My oh, bad. Yeah. My bad. That's oh, on me. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Where are we? Here we are. Andrew Feister writes in something cool haiku. Oh, what's it going to say? Uh, well, something cool. Yeah. <laughs> and what is it? I told you it's something cool. They're out of high school. <laughs> Great. Great. Crush Great it. Perfect. And then reckless pull, reckless pull up says still so many laughs. Not as funny as the first. The next jump street when. And I'm right there with you. Men in black, mm-hmm. dude. It's not happening. It's kind of bad. It's kind of bad. It wouldn't be uh, I, I like them ending on this. Like it like the, the little teases that we get of the story continuing, I'm happy with. So I honestly think that a Men in Black twenty one drum street crossover could have been great. Men in Black, the new one was terrible. No, I know, Utterly but like terrible. but I but I think the idea of okay, cool, they did reboots, they did sequels, now doing crossovers, I think that is just enough things for them to work with that it could have been perfect. Because no one really gives a fuck about Men in Black sequels. Come on. My used to. Yeah, before well, Men I mean, in Black I, 2. No, come on. Two, Men Black 2, is good. Two, 2 is good. I used to care about sequels before the sequel. Ragu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rag Guys Talk Bad Guys here for 21 Jump Street in review. Uh, the list as it stands right now is Mr. Walters and Dave Franco at number one. Where do we want to put. Um, Sorry, where do we want to put Jillian, Bell, and the Ghost? That's number one for me. It's tricky. Oh, the ghost, really? 
I feel Dang. like the ghost really brings, brings it down. down. Yeah, brings it down a lot. And also the the coach really brought oh, it up. Shit, and you're Dave right. I kind of wasn't, forgot about Rob Riggle. Yeah, Rob and Dave, <laughs> Dave wasn't bad in the role either. Like, he did a fine job, too. You're absolutely right. I kind of forgot as Rob Riggle yeah. being kind of like the X Factor and uh, yeah. against Jillian Bell. Um, yeah. Is that her name? Did I say it right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, but dang. like, Mercedes also is really good. And She's I think fantastic. The scene that we get in the, in the hotel when they're fighting is unparalleled with anything we get with with Rob Riggles. Is that right? Rob. I think I I would I would say it's 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 better than any any one scene we get with Rob Riggle, but every scene with Rob Riggle in the first one's a fucking banger. It's yeah. so yeah. funny. The first and he time does he sees have... him, he's like, "You have excellent muscle tone, man." What did you like? <laughs> <laughs> and put your tongue in. I don't like that. Put your tongue back in. That stuff kills me. I just I feel like they I feel like the team. Dave Franco did a great job too. I think he he more than makes up for the ghost. I think we got to keep them at number one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I I, I I I take back my statement, everybody. Public yeah. apology for me. I agree, I also, but I, I think that we all stand with Jillian Bell as a fucking classic. Yeah, she's yeah. Like, yeah. she nailed it. And in this role, this might have been her greatest role. And I I enjoy her overall. So she's great in everything. Yeah, Joey, she's really good. Oh yeah, I agree. I think that Rob Riggle and Dave Franco were a much more cohesive villain duo because they were woven into the story a lot better. I feel like Jillian was kind of thrown. I, she wasn't like an integral part of the story where it felt like the turn was surprising. She just kind of popped in and out. Or... And also the the reveal of her, I just didn't like, like I wanted that to be a big wow moment. Mm-hmm. I don't want to yeah, see her kind of slowly walking down the street and go, oh, like I wanted it to be a moment of like, all right, we're waiting for the boss, and she enters the room, and you go, "What the fuck?" Like it was kind of weird the way they revealed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, totally. So there you go, Agreed. Nick. Get it off. With what do I the do? The rankings. Now? Oh, <laughs> oh, the ranking number one is. Oh, I'm sorry. That number one is sorry. I was like, wait, we're supposed to rank the movie now. Mr. Walters and Eric, uh, who may or may not have gone to Berkeley. All right, number one, number two, Ragabagu is Jillian Bell and the Ghost. That's what those are going to be. Thank you. Thank you. And now it's time to rank the movies. Currently, number one is 21 Jump Street. Does anyone think that this movie beats the first one? No. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's Again, hard to. It's hard to top. It's so hard. Still a great movie. It was I fun. I think it's very funny. It's worth watching, but it is nowhere near the first one. I'd say, to me, in terms of comedies, number one is a 10 out of 10. This is an 8 out of 10. Like, I, I want this to be what eight out of 10 actually means for things. Cause I feel like we throw out eights a lot. And like, this is very funny. It just I doesn't give it, I give it like a seven and a half. I give it like seven and a half. Yeah. You know what? I'm with you, Andy. Yeah. Seven and a half it is. This is what I want a seven and a half to be. Okay. <laughs> but like I said, planet of the apes starting next week, we're doing the three movies leading into the Batman. Going to be a great time until next time. I love you all. Goodbye.